0: The I mean Arsenal already looked like they had three extra players If they don't do anything really stupid or get a lot of injuries I think they should be
1: winning the league realistically And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now OTB AM With Gillette Get into your flow With the new Gillette Labs Razor With Exfoliating Bar
0: Gavin Cooney of the 42 is with us this morning Gavin good morning to you, how are you? Good morning you? Uh, So what do you expect tonight?
1: Um, I, what do I expect tonight I expect I think Ireland will win in fairness I know we can't ever be too confident about these <laughs> games against low blocks and low, um, lower ranked oppositions but surely I'm, I'm going to say surely we can't lose to Armenia but then I do have to add the word <laughs> again again
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, You know, it's the home games. We're always good at home. Um, Well, at least when there's a crowd, we're always good at home, right? uh, Are we? That's not true either. There's nothing true about this that we can kind of reliably pin our our expectations on, is that um, frequently we've had really good away-from-home performances, and then they've been followed up with an after-the-Lord-mayor-show-style letdown. And that's desperately what we're trying to avoid this week so that there's, again, something that we can point to. Okay, they've done this. And then they've followed it up with something better, or they 've discovered a style of play that they think they're going to be able to consistently implement, and then they 've backed that up by doing the same thing. Again, 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 again. Mm-hmm. If they were to play the way they did in the first half against Scotland, I think they're going to win the game yeah, convincingly tonight. But the
1: problem is they probably won't be able to play like they played in the first, game, first half against Scotland because it's a different type of game. That inconsistency that you talk about is a kind of consistency in the sense that Kenny has turned this Ireland team into a very good counter-attacking side uh, in, which games, in games in which they have the minority possession. But in, at home, when they're the protagonist or away against like low-rank sides like Armenia, when they're the protagonist and they're given the ball. They really struggle to break things down. Like, uh, there's been so of the 20 competitive games that Kenny has had, nine of them uh, in, have been games in which Ireland have had more than 50% possession, and they've only won one of those. Um, so they have always struggled in that sense. And like, this isn't this isn't a new story with Stephen Kenny's Ireland. Uh, it's been going on for uh, for generations. I think it's been going on for all my life. Um, but like, the whole Kenny thing was. This would change. You know, we would evolve into a style of play that'd help us break these teams down. So that's what they have to prove tonight. You know, I, I thought Scotland' performance was really good. Was well, it was quite good. First half was really good. They, I think, they faded in the second half when Scotland turned um, up the tempo a little bit. Um, but they just have to. Pr- they have to bring that tempo into this game and prove that they can break down one of these lower-ranked sides because. Uh, Otherwise, it's uh, yeah, it'll be a dicey, it'll be a dicey couple of days afterwards.
2: Like, is it a worrying trend, Gav, that, that you're looking at games like Serbia, Portugal, Scotland, Ireland take the lead in a game and just can't close it out? No, obviously those three particular opposition are maybe a level above Armenia, but like, even Dan McDonald was writing about the fact that this that was sort of a trend with Stephen when he was even at the dock, mm. maybe taking the lead in games and not closing them out. Is that? Is it a bit early to be getting concerned about something like that? No, absolutely be concerned about it um, because it's undermining Ireland and it
1: means they're not getting the results. Like three wins in 20 competitive games is fairly abysmal. Now there has been really weird consistency within that as well. All the competitive wins have been by three goals. All the competitive defeats have been by one goal. And then you can call the Slovakia defeat on penalties a draw or defeat whichever way you want. So it is a concern. I was a really interesting discussion that you referenced last night between uh, Dan and, and Joe Malloy on the evening show and it was really interesting and I was thinking about it uh, and when it comes to in-game management and like Ireland under Kenny I think the best word that, is, that sums them up is methodical like there is this perception among some people that they're playing you know football like 1970 Brazil they don't it's not just kick and rush but they do mix it up and they are quite pragmatic but everything is really methodical they defend in a methodical way they attack in a methodical way everyone knows their roles and they look really well well coached, and you can see the amount of just the sheer amount of work that Kenny and Keith Andrews and the rest of his coaches put into preparing teams. So generally, I have to say, they usually get their team selections from the off and their formations, they generally get them right, but there is a question as to how they respond in games when games change and it needs something different. I mean, the subs uh, at Hampton Park didn't work really. I could understand why he brought on Ogbené, but I don't think replacing a Femi was the right call. I think Paris, on reflection, was the player to replace there. He obviously made, what was it, a triple sub after 75 minutes. I don't think any of them really made much of an impact. Obviously, Alan Brown gave away the penalty. Coleman, I thought, struggled to get to the pitch of the game. Robinson did nothing. And then Robbie Brady came on late and didn't have too much time to affect the game. So that's the question and sometimes i think that they put so much thought into the plan the pre-game plan and it's generally right in fairness like i mean i don't want to we've criticized previous ireland managers for not having a plan so i i don't want to come on and criticize this ireland management team for having a plan but they often when it, they're often too slow to change it when it's not working i mean i was just looking back at my notes before i came in here i think only twice in competitive games have ireland changed formation during a game, they did it in the... They brought Alan Brown on to go to a 4-1-4-1, I think, uh, in the playoff against Slovakia. And they uh, took Adam Ida off and put Jason Knight on in the game away to Luxembourg. Went to a 3-4-2-1 from a 3-5-2. And that made a big difference, actually. That was 0-0 when Ida came off. Knight made a big difference, and then it goes th- to 3-0. But too often, we haven't seen those changes. Like the, the home game again against Luxembourg was an example. That just wasn't working at all. But the system didn't change. I mean, Kieran Clark had a nightmare. He eventually got taken off, but I think Enda Stevens was put on at left centre back, and the system didn't change. So I'm just wondering. That's a long winded answer, Shane. I'm sorry, but it's, I'm wondering if that that kind of inflexibility in game partly contributes to these
2: to these narrow defeats. Mm. They expended so much energy as well on 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 Saturday. Like and you're you're hearing Stephen Kenny after the match, kind of saying he's not going to make wholesale changes. But like, do you not have to go to the old rivals like your Coleman or Duffy? No. Why? But why not? Why would you go to Duffy? Well, <clears throat> what did the three centre backs do that was wrong? <clears throat> no, no, they played well. But I mean, no, they have to be tired after a game no. that on the weekend. No, there has to be tired legs. No. Matt Doherty yeah, looked leggy in the second half. I don't think any of the three centre backs will be. Tired. No, he, he won't change it. But I mean. The fact is st- 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 you saying is that changes. Like, you've got to get the football into Doherty.
0: Like
1: I think, Doherty, I think Doherty is too, uh, is too but, important a player to drop. Yeah. I'd be amazed. Yeah, I'd yeah. be amazed if I would be really surprised. And the alternative is Coleman who hasn't been playing at club level either. That's the thing, yeah. So he'll, he'll be arguably he'll be more rusty than Doherty if you bring him in. Uh,
0: what's the story? So I think one of the uh, probable teams has uh, McLean out
1: and Robbie Brady in mm. at left wing back. Is that a possibility? Uh, I think it probably is. Um, I kind of picked my team this morning, I, I went with Brady. It's exceptionally hard to drop James McLean, I have to say. He's been playing well. I thought he was very good in Scotland. Um, the quality of his crossing has massively improved under Kenny in the last little while. I think again because it, there's something slightly more methodical in it. He doesn't always just charge to the touchline and swing in across now with his head down. He, you know, he, he's, he picks his head up and he often cuts back in on his right foot to aim for the back post. So it would be harsh to uh, to drop him, but Kenny loves uh, Robbie Brady and uh, he might offer that extra little bit of craft in this game. I. The other change is, like, Josh Cullen is suspended, unfortunately, which is a big a big miss for Ireland. I mean, we haven't had to play without Josh Cullen very often. Uh, so he'll come in. Maybe Jeff Hendrick probably is the most likely. He may want to introduce another forward player for uh, a sitting midfielder. And, you know, maybe Callum O'Dowd, who's another Kenny favourite who we haven't seen uh, play for Ireland in almost two years. But again, he's quite a creative force, and he can actually beat a guy and open up something um against a low block side that Ireland really didn't have in the game in Yerevan and June other than that i mean do you change
2: the strikers like Troy Paris? i mean i don't i think you stick with them stick with them do yeah you, well he needs confidence he needs game time him or <clears throat> you drop him and you're not chattering confidence left totally confidence. yeah but but how long how long do you give him i guess is the question because it, even the the first tour, it wasn't just a missed chance when Obafemi gave the ball across it was the touches before the chance he just didn't look like a man confident now maybe the argument there is he yeah so, you, you like, play okay,
1: him he was offside but he looked so confident scoring the, yeah. the offside yeah. goal yeah it's yeah. true maybe
2: he knew he was offside though
1: um, <laughs> I don't know he, he definitely he definitely did a good job of looking really shocked mm. when he looked back at the linesman when the flag went up um, a lifetime of honing that look oh what no. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean. laughs> uh, so but he like I mean so I, I think Alba Femi and Parrish should play again together because they have the they seem to have the makings of a good partnership. So I would continue I would keep that for as long as, as you can just to work on it. Ogbeni is the is probably the next man up, but is this a game for Ogbeni? Like there's be no there'll be no space in behind. I think it was Ogbeni and Robinson played in Yerevan and Is there a
0: world in which I mean they've never they said they don't see him as a right wing back because he's never played there for us, but that he could play right wing back and you could try Darty on the left I mean, like darty on the left is not the worst thing to experiment with a little bit before the euros because it turns out we 've loads of right backs and we 'll always have right backs for whatever reason right backs, rowers, <laughs> and uh, number sevens in rugby <laughs> that 's our national prototype and if If we could turn him into a left wing back who was influencing the game in a you know, in a like one of those Manchester City left backs, mm. that wouldn't be the worst thing for us, would it? No, a Doherty played left wing back in Portugal, and was, was great. pretty good. You know, but he couldn't do it
1: against Gibraltar. Remember <laughs> that first <laughs> half? <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. Let's not let's not relitigate that because uh, I just really don't want to go there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's quite possible. I haven't really thought about it. I mean, Kenny has always been quite firm that they don't see Ogbeni as a right wing back but uh, yeah it's something to consider obviously Ogbeni isn't playing there at club level anymore he's gone back to being a forward at Rotherham Um, can't see it happening Um, but it's a good idea there you go that's what people come to OTBAM
2: for every day. <laughs> <laughs> the good ideas. Uh, we're You're going, going away for nothing. We're going to get hit, for, and I'm going to get hit for pushing this. But uh, Jeff Hendrick, um, and I know the lads spoke about him last night as well, Gav. But uh, is he someone maybe that could be turned to a bit more often? I know with Cullen being suspended, maybe the opportunity is there tonight for a bit more game time for him. But there is a section, as Dan McDonald said last night, of, of Irish fans that that just don't want to see Jeff anywhere near the yeah. team.
1: Yeah, I I th- would imagine that he would probably. He's probably the favourite to come into the team ahead of Josh Cullen. Mm. Like Hendrick was a real firm Kenny favourite up until the midway point of the June window and then he got dropped. You know, they they added another midfielder and actually they took him out. So they added two new midfielders and took him out. So I would imagine that I would say there's a good chance that he comes in. And in fairness to Hendrick, like his passing range in relatively tight spaces is probably the best in Ireland's midfield. Like Ireland's midfield is it's the weakest department of the team. But you'd imagine like, who can play those, slip those little through balls through against a, against a side that'll sit deep as Armenia. I think Hendrik is as good, a, as good an option as anyone. I wouldn't, play him, I wouldn't sit him deep like in the Josh Cullen role. I would probably drop Knight or Malumby there and push Hendrik on to play as one of the more attacking number eights, which is where he's been playing for Reading, in a back three with wing-backs around him as well, which is probably a good thing for Ireland. So I, w- I, would, I would guess, I'm only guessing, that probably we'll see Hendrik... Hendricks there tonight he could do with a big game for us he could I mean mm. he like, like you referenced it like he's not he's not got a good standing among Irish fans <laughs> I think I think it's OTT some of the criticism he gets is OTT but at the same time too often too often he kind of coast through games and it hasn't happened as often under Kenny. There are times when he just didn't go looking for the ball when he should have. You know, he hid in midfield. I think Kenny got has kind of knocked that item of out of him a bit. And Hendrik was really good. I remember him being really good in the in the four 0 win at home to Qatar. He's linked well with Doherty on the right as well. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, I, I, he obviously he obviously needs a good performance to get in the team. Like I mean, this is the other thing that there's no competition for places yeah. in midfield. Whereas once he was an automatic pick and didn't have to worry too much about who was breathing then. His neck. Now he's not on the team, and if he doesn't perform, he won't be picked. You know, one of the young guys will be picked ahead of him. So he uh, he needs to perform to justify his place in the team. And if he gets it, um, well, he'll at least be motivated to do so.
0: It's reported in one of the papers that if um, if uh, if they lose tonight, he's gone. That's like uh, just a bare fact in the middle of a piece. Now, I, I I think that's bananas. To be honest, I, I can't see the FAI taking on the whole difficulty of a recruitment process while they still don't have a sponsor for the men's team. Now you could argue that it would be a great distraction from the fact that uh, the board has so far failed to attract a sponsor because you know it's a, it's the collective cabinet responsibility when it comes to stuff as big as that um is that is that a like i mean you know if we if we lose 1-0 if we lose 4-0 things are different but surely
1: surely this isn't actually a, you must win this game or your job is gone I would be surprised if he, I would be very surprised if he didn't get the Euros campaign. Regardless, just because um, for all the reasons that you just mentioned, but there will be pressure. I mean, there, like twelve people around the, the board and around the table and the boardroom and the FEI. They're not all a unanimous voice which is a good thing, you know? I mean, the unanimous voice was the previous regime, so it was only really one person's opinion that really mattered. So it's good that there are kind of dissenting voices around that boardroom table, and there would be differing views on Stephen Kenny, as you would imagine. Like, there would be differing views on everyone. Um, Obviously, the FBI backed him with the contract. I I would be very surprised if they didn't get it. But if there's a lose to Armenia... There, all that noise comes back, and there is a lot of pressure. Again, I'd be really surprised for all the reasons that you'd but you would mentioned. You couldn't—I don't think you could 100% rule it out. I mean, it would have to be—they would have to give it some consideration because it would be, you know, before the draw was made. Stephen Kenny talked about topping the group. And if we get relegated from it, like down to League C, it probably extinguishes hopes of getting a play after the Euros. I mean, like, like try, if you're the FAI, try selling tickets to a UEFA Nations League C game whenever that comes around. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there will absolutely be pressure on it and there will be noise. And they lose to Armenia at home. And, like, this is, it was bad enough. It was, like, it was careless to lose to Armenia away. But now, Ireland, like, at least there was some mitigation in that in the sense that there were five weeks after, some players played f- five weeks after their club season ended and they to it ring rust on the pitch they don't have that excuse tonight and Armenia are in rag order coming here yeah. like I mean there uh, it was a controversy at the press conference they, so the local Armenian journalists boycotted it they didn't they didn't ask a question and said we're not asking a question we just simply want you head coach to resign <laughs> which is uh, I mean Stephen Kenny may be, uh, <coughs> may be hurt by the criticism from Damien Delaney and others in recent, in recent days but he can comfort himself that uh, we are at least still turning up to his press conferences yeah uh, if that is if that is a cold comfort to him, I'm not really sure that it Give is. Give us your prediction. Uh, Ireland three Armenia nil. All right,
0: we would take that at this stage. Yeah, Gavin, take it. good stuff. Gavin Currie for the 42. Thanks very much for that.
1: OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.